Trending news right now. SABC digital content creator and uh, social commentator Khadeva joins us now to look at what's happened in uh, trending news. Terrific Tuesday to you, Khadeva. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you very much. Let's uh, go straight to it. Uh, hashtag Musi <laughs> <laughs> Maimane we're speaking about today. Our time is four o'clock. Good morning, family. If you've just joined us here on SFM Sound Awake. So the One SA Movement has got a petition and they're calling on government to stop what they are calling the throwing away of votes. What does this pertain to? Yes, so um, my money is, um, he has a, a petition online, um, you know, asking for signatures for people to try and stop um, a parliament from not um, a, um, what, agreeing to the electoral amendment bill, uh, which is before parliament. So, you know, this, they, he, he says that they have until, you know, um, They've got until sometime end of Feb or the 25th of Feb um, for the bill to actually be passed, um, which is a bill that the Constitutional Court had given Parliament, you know, a deadline of, of, of June this year to make changes to the electoral, electoral system, which will allow independent candidates um, to be able to uh, uh, contest in, uh, in elections and it will allow the candidates to have seats in parliament so you know to be MPs so you know Musi is asking that you know let's let's fight um, so that this actually gets um, approved by parliament so they're saying that <clears throat> they don't want it to be approved because it means citizens are going to be discriminated against for their political choices how so um, I'm not sure, but you know, um, they're probably thinking, you know, if a person comes as an individual and they are representing themselves, it will seem as if, you know, they're going against the main uh, parties or what's there to be offered. But, you know, they're saying that it's an opportunity actually for uh, independents to actually stand in without being affiliated to a certain party. But, you know, earlier in the month, uh, Asa, some Mm -hmm. MPs raised issues about the bill saying, you know, like what happens then in the instance where the MP or the independent candidate dies or resigns when they are in the office, you know, what will happen to their seats? Because then they won't be filled for the remainder of the term. So those are also kind of the issues that are being raised about, you know, them being hesitant about signing this bill into into effect. At the same time, they are still seeking clarity from the Electoral Commission on the logistics in terms of will this be ready, this bill, by 2024. They want it to be worked on. Parliament must work on it. Yes, they want that. They They want to be sure that it will be ready and that it will work to the advantage of um, what's this parliament because then they don't want something that's going to bring the, the, the institution to disrepute. You know, um, an advocate, um, you know, raised an important point mm-hmm. saying that, you know, if in case then the, the, the independent candidate passes on or resigns it will be too far it will be too costly to run by elections 
for an entire province, you know, to put that, uh, you know, that person's uh, seat to be filled up if it's vacant. So, you know, they're looking at such issues, and but they do, Parliament does have the deadline uh, given by the Constitution, which is in June, as uh, to either, uh, um, you know, agree to this amendment or not. Okay. So we'll see how that goes then uh, in terms of how that will pan out. Um, I'm not, I don't know about how you feel about that in terms of uh, the votes that, you know, being discarded in, in when they've, they've reached a certain number of votes, when uh, an independent candidate has reached a certain number of votes in an election. D- does it make sense to you? I think in the local government um, elections, it makes sense, Asa, because, you know, then we've seen candidates, independent candidates standing um, for elections and being voted in because these are people then who are able to uh, stand up and do something for their community, their ward or whatever section. But now when it now becomes national, I think it's a different story altogether. Um, it would be great to have it. As, would they be able to actually help the constituents? Will they be able to help the people that voted for them in um, as an independent um, against so many uh, parties and other independents? Mm. What happens if everyone decides to become <laughs> independent? Yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 it can become chaotic. I'm not sure we are ready for it at the moment. And on what happens when there are allegations of vote rigging, which we always have yeah. on the continent? So I'm wondering. Yeah. But anyway, let's move on. Talking NERSA now, the power regulator, they are going to decide on whether to award ESCOM's uh, tariff increase this week. Uh, to ESCOM wants a 20.5% tariff increase. Yes, and it's supposed to be implemented before the 1st of April if it is approved. But, you know, um, the public, they, were, they had an opportunity and they also had time as to submit comments on this um, proposed price hike. Mm. And, um, you know, a lot of people obviously are not happy about it, including we heard, you know, the DA speaking out against it, even the Cape Town mayor, uh, Jordan Hill-Lewis, you know, also writing to NASA and writing to the chief executive of ESCOM saying, you know, this this cannot be done um, because, you know, what happened to to the South African citizen, uh, businesses closed, the COVID-19 had a terrible, terrible impact mm. on businesses, um, South Africans without jobs. So this will just be a lot. It will be too much. Also, as I mean, we're dealing with petrol hikes. Yeah. Now, you know, this, it's, it's going to be much. As you say, I mean, businesses uh, in, in the Chamber of Commerce and Industry has already said that, that the approval of this is going to be disastrous for the country's businesses. We've got businesses already undergoing that disaster with power and water cuts due to defaulted or outstanding payments. I'm not sure how yeah. ESCOM can uh, further make this make sense to, to, to NERSA. And also, I mean, looking at the fact that NERSA did reject an application made by ESCOM earlier and when uh, ESCOM submitted the application in June 2021. Exactly. And you, you having analysts, you know, um, saying that this there's no justifying this request by ESCOM. Um, ESCOM did claim, you know, that they want to pay off their debts, um, you know, 
that's why they're asking for this, this tariff hike. And, you know, people are asking, why not take a long-term bond to finance the debt? But, you know, the CEO wants the debt to be uh, financed within, you know, a few years, three or four years, which they say it's not attainable. So now this is going to come at a disadvantage of the, the entire country, um, you know, this business model. But NASA, you know, is saying that um, the, the the extreme load shedding in 2020 and 2021 was due to ESCOM being negligent and power with power units, the power stations being offline and all that we saw, you know, some even were burning down or there were some fires that were there. But um, they're going to look at the different things that 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 they have to form ESCOM and what the public has said. Hopefully, Asa, there isn't a tariff hike. It it would just we 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 can't afford it right now. Yeah. I mean, we're coming from your know, lockdowns and and so many things. Well, the argument uh, ESCOM saying that this is necessary on their part because they feel it's ne- it's needed to cover the cost of uh, debt carbon taxes and the higher price of electricity purchases from independent power producers, the IPPs. Uh, Firstly, we know that, yes, there are IPPs that are needed. In the South African context, we've got the IPP procurement program that was launched by government in August 2011 uh, as to make sure that the tender processes are competitive there and processing them in the right way from the private sector investing into energy. Why can we not look at that, the IPP procurement program, and how the role of that should maybe override everything else instead of expecting customers to pay for the failures of ESCOM? It feels like we are paying for the failures of ESCOM. I think it it, 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 it really does feel that way, Asa, and there are many, many options that can be looked into instead of just asking for a 20.5 tariff increase. Um, And yes, there are many ways to look at this. Even, you know, analysts are saying it doesn't justify what they are asking for right now. There are many ways that they can um, circumvent um, the the tariff increase. And uh, I don't know what's going to go on because uh, we're seeing so many things in the city of Tony. We were seeing ESCOM going to close down businesses or shutting down the electricity because they're owing billions of rent, Mm. Um, you know, is private businesses, and then there was even a tweet showing ESCOM itself <laughs> in the in the city of Tuane. They are saying they are also owing uh, uh, money for electricity, so they were switching off electricity there. Mm-hmm. And we've been having so much load shedding, so much load reduction. It's 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 a lot. And what happens if people can then not afford? Yeah. Um, the tariff hike will lights be going off at you know many more places, many more residences and places of business. Um, I think you know they were too quick to possibly too quick to go to NASA and apply for the tariff hike. There are a lot of things that they could have done, yeah. and you know they have been accused of being negligent, um, as come of being negligent, and that's why we are here where now they are faced with so much. Uh, debt and they face so much uh, things that they need to do and now they're asking the public to pay up more. Uh, well, let's uh, uh, take a short break. We'll continue with our trending news. This is SFM. Trending news right now. We continue our chat with Khatebe.
as SABC digital content creator as well as social commentator on what's happened in social media, uh, more specifically the Twitter streets in terms of trending news. Hashtag Soweto Derby now. Let's talk about this. Uh, fans are not happy, Khatebe. And they are the National Football Supporters Association. They want to protest at the Chiefs Pirates game on the 5th of March. And Asa, you know, it seems like people are for this uh, protest because, you know, they they, they retweeting their posts from their Twitter page. But essentially, yes, people, um, supporters of the game are not happy. It's been, what, almost two years or it is two years um, that, you know, supporters stopped going and attending. Uh, matches at studio at stadiums and they are upset that you know even now they cannot when we watch you know the premier league from the uk as the stadiums are packed mm. to capacity they are filled and people are even wearing masks so they're asking why uh, what happened to even the 2000 um capacity because there was a time that uh, at least 2000 people were allowed uh, briefly but um, that was stopped again. So this movement, this uh, this this uh, group, the organizers, NAFSA, um, they've confirmed that they will lead the protest um, when the Soweto Derby takes place, and they're inviting all supporters um, to demand the PSL and the Ministry of Sports to allow fans back to the stadium. Yeah, it's basically about that. They want uh, fans to return to stadium. And they feel that all other mass gatherings have been taking place. As you say, I mean, we're seeing in, in Europe, in other parts of the world, yeah. fans are in, in stadiums, in capacity. And, and I mean, we were also looking at the 70% target of the vaccinated in the country. They, they also citing that, that the sports minister said they'll consider opening stadiums when the country is 70% vaccinated. But then he changed his, his mind. He changed his sentiments. Yes, and in fact, you know, the, the CEO of this organization is saying that they actually wrote several times to the sports ministry, um, they've met with SASA and the ministry, they've written to the PSL, but, you know, PSL has not responded. And they are saying, you know, um, when government started saying supporters, if you vaccinate it, then you'll be able to get back to sports and stadiums. But you, there are a few, few of those people who vaccinated. They're asking why are they not being then allowed to go attend, even though it's not the exact percentage that uh, the, that government was looking for. But then, okay, say, example, the vaccinated um, amounts to 10,000. Why are they not being allowed to go to the stadium? Why are the stadiums not opening? Mm. So, you know, they are accusing um, uh, government and the, the sports ministry of selling people false promises um, for saying this and then, you know, not 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 backing it up and not fulfilling that promise. At some point, it was seen as a strategy to get more people to vaccinate. At the time, South Africa's vaccination drive was in full swing and uh, low numbers were turning out to vaccination sites to say that uh, we'll open stadiums and make sure people are vaccinated. I don't know if it's reverse psychology, but would it be maybe something they can, you know, look at again and as a strategy if, they, if government is saying we want people to vaccinate? They can you know, look a at lot it. of people love soccer. The Soweto Derby is huge. People yes. want to be there. 
Yes, and and you know people are hungry for events. Mm. Think, you know, from from the lockdown, people were forced to stay at home and stay away from the things that they like doing and enjoy doing with with other people. So people want to attend events, and they can't say that. Asa, they can't come and say, guys, vaccinate. They appeal to church members. Asa, they went to hostels. They went to places where they know that, you know, if we can reach people to vaccinate, then, you know, they'll be able then. They said to church members, you'll be able to attend church. They said, you know, so they can't say no. They were just... No, was it a joke? I can't <laughs> joke like that. Don't play with our hearts like that. Hey, people want to see their their favorite sports people. We just had the Africa Cup of Nations. The stadiums were were were, were packed. Mm. So South Africa is looking at different parts of the world with envy that people are able to enjoy sport matches and. Yeah. And yeah, no, as how they can't do that. The people need, you know, we need that joy, some form of joy. <laughs> exactly. And there's the, the women's AFCON taking place still right now. We, we're yes. facing on Wednesday, we're playing again. Okay. Well, I don't know. I, um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. <laughs> I do want to. I do want to be in the stadium again. Let's see how that goes. Maybe they can say they're fully vaccinated. Is yes, that going to cause another protest? Saying. To say, no, now you're forcing us to vaccinate. Yeah, well, but uh, the vaccinated will still be able to sit. Yeah, at least there'll be that option that we can go. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Like other places in the world, that's what they're doing. Uh, There's restaurants. If you're not vaccinated, you're not allowed. So, yeah, they can look at that, you know. Hmm. In fact, government can take that as, you know, their um, trump card. So, like, okay, you want the stadium? Vaccinate, and then there you go. And hopefully it works out. It's next month. It's just tomorrow, actually, the 5th of March. Hopefully something happens. And mm. I hope it makes a difference then, I guess, this protest, because they say, they say it will be peaceful. I don't know what kind of a difference it will make, but, you know, um, hopefully for their sake, government is, is listening to them and also the PSL. Yeah. All right. Let's move to Ethiopia now. Hashtag Ethiopia. So they've began generating electricity from the mega dam on the Blue Now. And this uh, has been a project that's been, you know, being worked on for some time to make sure that they have energy. This is the largest hydroelectric scheme in Africa happening there in Ethiopia. But some are not happy about this. Can they, first of all, give us some power? We need some help. Yeah? <laughs> we need it. <laughs> so Nessa doesn't have to even make a decision about anything. <laughs> but who's not happy about this? Sudan and Egypt are not happy. Um, as uh, you know, this dam is, is causing a lot of problems and diplomatic tensions uh, for Ethiopia with Sudan and Egypt. The Egypt has concerns that, you know, it will restrict... Um, it's only source of fresh water supply, which is from the river Nile. And a lot of, you know, organizations have tried to, to, to get agreements between the, the countries. The, the AU is one of them. But Ethiopia refused, um, demands from Egypt and Sudan. Um, you know, they were asking that, you know, uh, maybe then, you know, the, the, they, they can get the filling to stop and operations. But, as we saw, um, the Prime Minister of, e- of Ethiopia, Abi, 
uh, Ahmed Ali, he was there. He went to tour the site, mm. which angered uh, obviously some 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 officials. But he went there touring the power generation station, and you know he was pressing here and there, and you know. But he did say that he wants to reassure the neighboring countries that they don't want to harm them and they don't want to harm their interests. And he says that um, Ethiopia's main interest is to bring light mm. to 60% of the population, um, which is a lot. It's a huge number, 60% of the population, which makes you think how much percentage actually does have power or light, yeah. you know? So yeah, um, Egypt and and Sudan, yeah, they're not happy. Egypt is being very vocal about it. Well, they do depend, I mean, on the Nile for about 97% of the irrigation and drinking water, Egypt. So I guess one would, you know, panic when something like this happens. But it is a birth of a new era. It is a good project that's going to bring about change in energy woes of the continent, which we have a lot. I'm wondering, though, is it a geologist or whatever scientist that could come and say, how much capacity can the Nile actually take in terms of servicing these three different places, Ethiopia, Egypt and uh, Sudan? Sure. Uh, I think it would be a lot, um, a lot of uh, pressure for the now and for for all of this. It's, you know, like you said earlier, it's going to be the biggest um, hydropower dam in the continent, um, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, hopefully it will do what... Um, the Prime Minister is saying that it will do, but yes, there are those worries. Um, we saw also here in South Africa with Shell trying to do a seismic survey and environmentalists complaining that, you know, it will have an adverse effect on the environment, the communities. So, you know, we're looking at that, like, how is it going to affect then Sudan? How is it going to affect the river now and Egypt and their ability to get access to fresh water? Um, but I guess they're looking at, uh, someone might say, you know, maybe uh, Ethiopia is just thinking about their country and getting the 60% getting light mm. and, you know, not really looking into the negative aspects of it. Or maybe they feel that the negative as- aspects of this uh, um, dam will not be as uh, severe or as bad as the panic is, is about. Yeah, I guess there also would be global warming to take into consideration in terms of the capacity for Mm -hmm. the Nile. Um, Interesting there. I think I'd like to follow that. Maybe if, uh, yeah, I guess I'm thinking now the agricultural feature we have just on the side of what is the capacity of the Nile. And our water sources, actually, our natural water sources. We've had some own issues uh, here in South Africa with dams not being at full capacity. I guess now with all the rains, that's changed. But let's end on a nice note. Uh, hashtag NBA All-Stars. Stephen Curry, he's finished yes. with uh, 50 points that he's scored. He's just two points away from reaching the All-Star scoring record. He's scored quite a number of uh, goals there. So Twitter has something to say, of course. Uh, oh, you know, people were actually excited <laughs> about, yes, they were excited about yeah. the game, they were excited about um, Steph Curry, but not necessarily about the performance, but the fact that he was presented with the Most Valuable Player Award. And the beauty about this award, as I said, it's renamed in honor of Kobe Bryant. Mm. Um, you oh, know, so we are won. talking basketball, for those who don't know. I don't know if anyone who knows <laughs> NBA is, but okay. <laughs> it's just yes. informative. 
So, so it was emotional in that sense. And you know, when he received the award, it was in front of Brian's wife, and she took to Instagram thanking um, everyone, thanking the NPA. Uh, for commemorating her her late husband, you know, I think that was the emotional part about it and the exciting part of Steph Curry. And yes, he actually got more votes, um, I think like 15 more votes um, to get this MVP or, okay, Most Valuable Player Award. And um, people also were excited about who and who was there. There was an emotional, you know, there were emotional images of LeBron James um, hugging uh, uh, Michael, is it It's Michael Jordan? Yes, Michael Jordan mm-hmm. being excited like a fan meeting, you know, his hero. And uh, people didn't even realize that he would be there um, because the NBA had kept it a secret and, you know, oh. they were not sharing details. Yes. So it was just, it was a beautiful surprise for people to actually see Michael Jordan there. Um, obviously, they expected Shaquille O'Neal and the others, but it was just so exciting. And there were actually some basketball players who were meeting Michael Jordan for the first time. As oh, first time I can in imagine their career. the euphoria there. It must have been so wonderful yeah. to see as well, just watching it. All right. Yes. So, I mean, we're saying Jordan is the best. I guess uh, James is probably number two. LeBron. We don't look at number two, Asa. We look at number <laughs> one. <laughs> Shame, man. But can't can Jordan just let it go and, and give it to the next breed of legends now? I think Le- LeBron would be the next. I, I think LeBron know. would be the next, yes. He has been, um, you know, for, they call him the GOAT, greatest of all time as well. Um, but also, you know, based on the stats and everything, yes, he would be the, the next uh uh, G-O-A-T um, after Le- after Michael Jordan but I think Michael Jordan is just different and yeah no, it's, it was very nice seeing the images as I you know yeah. of the different old you see these these players that I was looking at as are the people that I would see on TV back in the day these new cats I, I don't really know them <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you see pictures yeah. of Dennis Rodman. You'd have to be a like, follower oh. of basketball to know all the things, you know, but we don't exactly. really... Exactly. Yeah. So you see, it, there was Magic Johnson, there was Shaquille O'Neal, there's, there's Dennis Rodman. You're like, Dennis Rodman, Even you Dennis see my Rodman. my man. Okay. <laughs> yes, he was there. <laughs> All right. So it was good to see. It was good to see. Uh, and I mean, legends will always be. Mm, and, and the legends will always be legends. I'm just, you know, saying in terms of the uh, clout we give, let's give it to others as well. The new generation. True. Too. True. That's very true because they are working hard and and the game is still is, is well alive. You know, they do make a lot of money. I mean, also, you know, <laughs> with these new guys, we follow them on <laughs> social media to see their lifestyles. Mm. Sometimes not necessarily like before uh, there was no Instagram back in the day there was no Facebook we didn't follow their lives but we'd be excited when we see them on TV being interviewed sharing their family sharing what they like to do I think it's all of that that aspect of knowing what being in their lives being nosy about the things that they do inside and outside of court yeah. so yeah <laughs> all right well let's leave it there for this terrific Tuesday thanks again for joining us <laughs> 
Thank you. Thank you for having me. As I have a terrific Tuesday. I like that. Terrific Tuesday. Yes. is <laughs> <laughs> uh, social commentator and uh, digital news content uh, creator discussing trending news here on SAFM Sound Awake. Okay, some more of your responses then. We asked, uh, should uh, school uniforms be assigned according to gender? And this is as calls for gender-neutral school uniforms are growing. Uh, with the Department of Basic Education also being called to review the national school's policy on uniforms. I see some voice notes on WhatsApp. Uh, 